I want this nailed in one take. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the Empire Podcast is proud to present the Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra Hawkeye Christmas Special Edition. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. It's beginning to look a lot like Hawkeye Everywhere they bow Take a look at the pizza dog He's sleeping like a log While Kate and Clint and Echo come to blows It's beginning to look a lot like Hawkeye Yelena is in town But the scariest sight you'll see Is Jack's accent because he cannot nail it down Bleep, 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 bleep No, we're doing the Marvel Studios fanfare <laughs> what, what are you doing? I don't <laughs> Freestyling. I need. It. <laughs> okay, I need someone to give me a key. Okay, a key. <laughs> I can't. I don't. I've got a whole bunch uh, here, but it's not going to help you. Okay. <clears throat> That's it. <laughs> Pod, I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to the latest Hawkeye spoiler special. This is exciting, isn't it? Mm. It's exciting. Isn't it? Oh, we don't have any time to talk about the episode now because it took us four and a half hours to get that <laughs> intro right. <laughs> and I say right. I mean, right's a strong word. Right yeah. is a very... People use the word right a lot these days. It's bandied around very willy-nilly. Mm. Uh, but yes, this is episode four. Hurrah. Yeah. Episode four. And joining me in studio to discuss this episode are my three... Tracksuit mafia colleagues of such <laughs> lethal cunning. I need to Harsh. work on that. My three pizza dogs of such lethal yeah, cunning. Better, is, that, better. is that better? Yeah. Helen O'Hara. Hello. James Dyer. Hello. And making her debut on this branch of the podcast, at least, Sophie Butcher. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, good, good. So, episode four, entitled The Name of the Episode which I will insert later on. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Something it's about partners. We're partners, aren't we? Yes, yeah, we're yes, partners, thank right. you. Yeah. Partners, right. Yeah. Usually I write stuff down, but I didn't have time on it's this occasion. But uh, but yeah, good app. After last week's unalloyed triumph, I thought, mm. I thought this was more of a conventional app, but mm. it did one of those things that we always talk about on these shows that we love, which is it, you take two incredibly likable characters in the MCU and it was a, essentially a bottle app for the first half of this episode and I was quite happy to watch Kate and Clint just having a fun old slightly drunken Christmas. Yeah, it was it was great fun. Yeah, well, let's get it out of the way. Did you notice what was written on the mug? I absolutely <laughs> noticed what was written on the mug. It may only have been there for a fraction of a second, but Helen, when Thanos is right, Thanos is right. Mm, no. So I want no. that mug. Who's, Please get it to me for Christmas. Who's no. buying that mug? I mean, genuinely. Like, A, is, does he notice he's drinking out of it? Whose is it? I'm very, very interested. Not, Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah. Hmm. It's presumably um, her aunt who lives yeah. there. Yeah. Her aunt who mm. believes, as all right-minded people no, do, that no. Thanos was right. No. Do you think there's any... Oh, God. It's a gag mug, James. Oh. You say that. 
I do. Yeah, mm. I just did. Like just a very idea that Thanos was right makes mm. me want to gag. Mm. Absolutely did that. <laughs> mm. uh, do we think that um, actually before we get into theories and talking about the episode, uh, I want to talk to James Dyer because he hasn't been on the show for a couple of weeks now. You came on for the first two episodes. Mm. Uh, you threw steaming piles of shit to Clint Barton. <laughs> And then ran <laughs> ran away giggling. I did. Yeah. Uh, have the the subsequent two episodes changed your mind about a this show and b everyone's favorite Avenger? Well, Chris, oh, I have God. to be honest. Oh. This week's in particular episode four. Oh, no. was my favorite. Hooray! <laughs> but even though it followed on from episode three, which, as we have already alluded to, was an unalloyed genius, uh, and I think part of the reason was three kind of delivered all the action that I wanted, but this one settled back into the beautiful kind of buddy dynamic, which actually now sits with me perfectly. Like, I wasn't sure about it in the first two, and I think maybe because the writing wasn't landing quite so well with me, but there are so many lovely exchanges in this. I thought it was genius, just them sitting around the dinner table with her mom and Jack, and just the exchange between... It's, they've, they've nailed the tone, her slightly excitable trying to be cool but failing miserably tone, <laughs> and him slightly exasperated, oh my God, what am I doing here? Kind of, It's just perfect yeah. and it is and and also I, I think this particular episode it runs the sort of emotional or tonal gamut like it, you go from uh, like buddy comedy fun to like soul searching my best friend died kind of like you know real sort of like deep stuff and then back up again so it has it has loads and loads of layers to it and I loved it I, I loved it I loved it I loved it and it it made me realise that this this is exactly what I need in my life right now is this particular show mm. with this precise tone and obviously you know, I approve of its politics as well, as evidenced by the mug. So, nope. you know, uh, <laughs> so I'm a fan, just across the board, a fan. Yeah. As indeed is Thanos. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. I've I've said that I am worried about how the show will be able to handle the pivots into darkness as it goes along. And I thought this week handled it very, very, very nicely. Well. Clint's, mm. uh, Clint's monologue about when he first met Natasha. And kind of filling in his side of the story because she's talked mm. about her side of it. The shot I never took. Yeah, yeah. the shot he never took. Um, I thought it was really, really lovely. Sophie, this is your first time talking mm -hmm. about Hawkeye on the yeah. Empire podcast. Where, where do you stand on this show? And this episode, in fact. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of lukewarm on the first two episodes, but the third one, like we've talked about, really sort of hooked me in. Um, it was brilliant. This one felt quite slight in comparison to that one just because last week was so action-filled and there was all the stuff with Echo. It felt like it filled a lot in for us. And this one was obviously a bit more of a hangout, especially in the first half, um, and then gave us that that reveal that we didn't find out too much more about. So it felt a bit slight I, when it finished. I thought, oh, I just wanted a little bit more to come. It felt like it ended pretty quick, um, but I mm. still loved it. And I love that it took that time to step back a little bit, relax, um, have that time with um, Kate and Clint Um and some really nice emotional stuff in there. And it did remind me of the episode in Loki where um, we took a bit of a time out from the action with um, Loki and Sylvie mm -hmm. and they were just chatting and it, it, like, mm. it seemed to fit that rhythm a little bit of just taking some time for character after all the action. So I yeah. did like that. Mm. And yeah, I'm very keen to see what's next. I also feel like this one moved a few pieces into place to kind of begin the unravelling of the mystery elements of the mm. show. There's not a huge number yeah. of mystery elements. But in terms of, you know, obviously somebody turning up who we hadn't seen, previously seen, so that's that's another element to be sorted out. But also suddenly Hawkeye and Laura talking about, hey, what about that watch? Are we sure that's okay? I'm like, 
I don't think in, we've heard in, about the watch in, before. In German code. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I love that. I love that she's like the gal yeah. in the chair. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, like, they're they're so like a good. team and yes. she's helping them out with stuff. And I thought that was beautiful. And I think it's a good... Um, so I love their relationship anyway. I know mm. it's been very, very slight on screen and it has been very kind of sketched in and people have gone, oh, she's just the supportive wife. But I, I don't think that's ever been entirely fair because I think she is the supportive an extremely aware wife, mm. which is a mm, different yes. thing and it's not a trope and it's not as tired. She's the supportive supportive and very respected wife. Like he defers to her opinion. He cares yeah. what she thinks. Mm. He mm -hmm. tells her everything. These are not, that's not the supportive wife trope. That's, that's yeah. something different. And I think, so I think I'm loving what we get mm. from her. I think it's great. So yeah. You have to also bear in mind as well we talked about this last week that Clint has Clint comes alive when he's paired with a woman mm -hmm. and Clint comes alive when he's paired with strong women whether it's Natasha or Wanda or now Kate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you have to think Laura's got something about her yeah. right there's got to yeah. be something there I would love to see how these people met like why did he fall mm -hmm. for her when mm. the obvious thing would have been for him and Nat to get together I reckon she's shield I reckon she's ex-shield herself yeah yeah She's got the skills, hasn't she? She's got she shows the skills. it in this episode. She's got the tools. She's, she's got, got the, the talent. tools. She's got the languages. She's got the finding out information that people don't want to find. She's got the tracking access to the transmitter on the WhatsApp. She's got the talking you know, uh, Great Dane who can help solve crimes. Oh, wait, that's a different that's Linda a different, character. I mean, although we don't know. We, <laughs> we don't, don't know. know. We don't know. <laughs> Could happen. Scooby Doo pizza confirmed. Dog. <laughs> oh, my God. Scooby Doo, the ultimate pizza dog. <gasps> pizza dog is Scooby Doo in disguise. Raw guy? <laughs> oh god we've lost control we know Jacques Sykes Clint Jacques is on the wrong though we know that now do we? I think do we, we do, do we? I think do it's we? like well if his company unless he's blithely unaware of what goes on with his employees is obviously laundering money for the tracksuits so he? could he be the man from uncle or could it <laughs> that's the question <laughs> or could it be a setup? Could it be a setup? There was also, we didn't as well find out, there was a bit where Eleanor, Kate's mom, made a phone call to someone. And yes. I feel like we didn't find out who that was. Almost certainly Brian Darcy James, I would say, as her, as her husband, who we haven't seen since episode one, uh, who's meant to be dead. Yes. I mean, okay, but like, if it is, they've got a weird relationship. Yeah. They've got a fucked up relationship. <laughs> because, you know, she and Jack are very cute together this episode, like to the mm -hmm. point where you're a bit like, I mean, when one of these people at least turns out to be evil, we assume, <laughs> it's kind of going to hurt. They're yeah. cute. But are they both pretending to be cute or is one being cute by accident and the other one is actually, you know, it, is she actually developing feelings for Jack? It's one of the weird things. It's like we're, we're, the show is given as Clint and it's given as Kate and that's all I want really mm. from the show. And obviously cameo appearances from Pizza Dog every now and again. But I do kind of want to dig in a little bit more into that. But the essential mystery of the show means we can't always peep behind the door. So mm. I want to know what's going on there. Is Jack having her on? Is she having him on? Are they both having each other on? Do they both then, think they're having each other on, but mm -hmm. one of them is actually mm. on to the other, so it's like a triple cross thing? So he thing. knows what she knows, but she doesn't know what he knows, or he doesn't know what she knows, and so on and so exactly. forth. And forget what you think you know and all that jazz. Possibly. Or in the, in the midst of them both having this pretend relationship, because presumably he thinks she's mega rich and so is marrying into her mm. family to get loads of money. Mm -hmm. What she's interested in him is maybe as a patsy, uh, someone to take the fall, to mm. set him up as, this, you know, as the, the, uh, the, the CEO of this shell corporation for the tracksuit mafia and presumably by definition, Wilson Fisk. 
Wilson Potentially. Fisk Wilson Fisk confirmed. <laughs> no, I'm not confirming Wilson Fisk or Charlie Cox, although Kevin Feige seems to have gone out of his way this week to do that for us, which is very unusual, very un-Kevin Feige-like, but yeah, uh, we shall it? see We shall see what happens uh, with that. But it's, there's lots of little wrinkles with Jack. I still think that she's maybe not died in the wool badden, irredeemable badden, but it would be an interesting wrinkle if she was, mm. and that there's uh, she's after Jack for some reason. There's also the other element of Jack this week, which was, you know, as we referenced in the intro, his accent. And we talked about it in week one. Like, what the fuck is that accent? <laughs> There's a very much an allo allo thing going on here, isn't it? <laughs> what a mistake at the maker. Or, or you mean the um, good morning. Good morning. Yeah. I was just pissy when I thought I'd drip in. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. I have a massage from Michel. <laughs> <laughs> Listen very carefully. I will say this allo allo. <laughs> There's, yeah, there's an element of that, but also they, there was the tension drawn to his uh, use of aphorisms and how he gets mm. things wrong. Yes, and which, absence makes the heart grow older. Mm. Which And he's like, oh, do I? <laughs> it's not like I do it on purpose at all. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Uh, <laughs> get something wrong? What is that about? So what's what's going on with Jack? I thought there was like a little bit of tension almost coming in the more they were taking the fun out of him, like making fun of him in that scene. and. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought he might turn, but then it didn't, and it turned quite sweet, and Kate was sort of won over a little bit by it. But I I did feel yeah. like the, it felt significant somehow, and not just a way to make them look like a happy family, but could be overthinking that. So what do you think this means, that he is not that character? That he's he is not Shaq pretending to be. Yes. <laughs> How do we know you're not <laughs> Mel Torme? <laughs> this is not Mel Torme. Um, How do we know he's not Mel Torme? God, I love that film. Anyway, uh, yeah, you're right. He could be someone pretending to be Jack Duquesne because, if you remember, we talked about this character in the past. And so Jack Duquesne in the comic books is the swordsman. And I think that's going to be the case here. I think he will turn out to be the swordsman. After all, he has loads of swords and he is a man. <laughs> and so Clint calls him sword boy. He does. Uh, yeah. But, of course, as I said in previous episodes as well, in the comics, he and Clint have a history. So I thought last week's cliffhanger was going to be resolved by him going, Clint, and Clint going, Jack. Yeah. And then they would team up and be buddies and pal around. But instead, it's, why is there an Avenger in my living room? Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought Which that was, was resolved a little unsatisfactorily, if I'm honest. It, it, it was like, last week's cliffhanger, and then, oh no, this is how we yeah, resolved it. Yeah, it was a bit of a bit and switch, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Mm. I like that he snaffled the sword. It was bothering me that he didn't mention, so, you've stolen my sword. (laughs) Can we talk about that, please? Uh, So instead, he just just snaffled it. it. He yoinked it. There's a a look at at it by the wall, and he sort Mm. of goes, huh. And then then you just see him in the lift with it under his coat. Yeah. It's Mm. it's nicely done. He can't, in theory, go, oi, that's my someone who looks like me. It's not my sword. But I I know... (laughs) I know know the person who had the sword because I watched... Tatcha kill him? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I was there. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Look, it's not your sword is what I'm saying. It's definitely <laughs> yes. not your sword, so I might as well take it. What we can agree on is that it's Ronan's sword. I will make sure that he gets it. Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Are you okay, Clint? Yep, yeah, I'm totally fine. But, but, but what's up with the Rolex? That's the question. Yeah. <gasps> Who's watch? Who's watching? Who's watching the watch? Or who, who wearing watches the watch? The watch man. Who watches the watch man? Or it could be a woman, but yeah. I think it's a man, doesn't he? Who's it? Man? 
It looked like a men's Rolex. Like yeah. It might be unisex. It's hard to say. Either way, it is tied to someone's secret identity, and I have no idea who that is. I was going to say, we haven't come across this before, right? Because I, I was watching it like, am I forgetting yeah. something? Am I forgetting Rolex Man, the secret <laughs> Avenger? <laughs> that would be the worst Avenger. It really was. Incredibly <laughs> overpriced and flashy. <laughs> God. Sweeping second hands all over Sweeping the place. Sweeping second hands. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, whose who's watch is it? Because you'd think Tony, but like I, I think of him, him as more of a Patek kind of guy. I don't think Clint would be that tied to something that Tony had. Mm-hmm. But then but it's someone whose identity is a secret as well. Well so. then it can't be Tony. But are any of the Avengers at this point? Do no. they have secret of, I mean who the can only, it be? The only Avenger because you know the MCU has done a very very clever thing from day one which mm-hmm. was they dispensed with secret identities yes. because they're fucking stupid. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the only one that had secret identities was Spider-Man. And yeah. his is fucked. And his yeah. is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it may not be it may be unfucked by the time Yeah but he Hawkeye can't afford a Rolex let's not mess about. <laughs> this is true. He could afford a Casio at best. And this is the other one <laughs> makes a watch are available. I don't even have a watch. So if Whoa. anyone listening to this would like to furnish me with one a nice I'll Rolex. Take a Rolex. I would take a Rolex. Just pull up in my Ferrari, leave the keys with the uh, the concierge. concierge. I think you find the Avengers all drive Audis. Just you know. yeah. oh, oh, they're not anymore. No. Oh, who is it now? What I don't know, now? but I've, I noticed in the last couple of films there weren't so many Audis, so that, wow. that deal must have finished. Oh, Tony, Tony was an Audi man. He was. He was. Yeah. 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 He loved himself an Audi. And the watch was in Echo's apartment. Yes. Wow. Are we met. Uh, did she get it from one of the auctions? Like, where yeah, no, her guy, her, her guy picked yeah. it up. Her, her guy, guy picked it up. You saw that in the, at the end of episode yes. one. one? Yeah. yeah, Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was trying so to think. Do we that, know how it got there? Or that's what they were at the auction mm. to get, that specifically. It wasn't the suit they were after. It wasn't the sword they were right. after. It was the it was watch. The yeah. And then one of their guys just found it among the bags that they'd grabbed and was yes. like, oh, a watch. So he'd obviously hand it over to her. She then just has it sitting out in her apartment <laughs> in a way that almost looked like bait in a trap at one point. <laughs> Next to a says list. clues <laughs> underline three times really spaced out list incriminating of list I don't mm. know quite what that setup is I don't know was it meant to be bait for them was it a trap I felt what contrived or is it emotionally special to her somehow but then I feel like she's after it for a reason I figure that's that's helpful so, okay, isn't it okay, a hang reason on, hang on let's see if she's, <laughs> okay, okay. If she's after it mm-hmm. and it's tied to like Clint knows about it and Laura knows about it. His wife knows about it. Is it tied to Ronin somehow? Is it something that Ronin took from the Kingpin? Is it something mm. Ronin took from, like, as part of that raid where he killed her dad? Is that is See, that the tie? I feel that a Rolex doesn't really go with Ronin's outfit. I'm just, I just, I just, I'm not, it doesn't really tie it no, together I, for me. I, I, That's I where the row comes from. Yes, it? you know. it's Rolex Nin. That's his full name. Rolex yeah. Ninja. Rolex Ninja, that's it. Yeah. It's the Rolex it Ninja. Just Ronin for short. <laughs> wow, that's absolutely dreadful. <laughs> and in fairness, if it's the Kingpin's watch, we'll know because like the strap would be like yeah, well, exactly. three times the size of a normal yeah. person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did they charge you extra for that? I'm still laughing about Rolex Ninja. The Rolex that's Ninja. That's very good. <laughs> that's very good. I like that. Uh, beat me by one second. He said I wasn't even close. I wasn't even close. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're right. I think it might be Ronan's because mm. it makes sense, right? It, it, like because the way we're conditioned on these spoiler specials, the minute you start mentioning someone else, we're going right. Who is it? Mm. Who is it? Who could yeah. it possibly be? Who could it be? Is it is it Namor? Is you know is <laughs> yes. it is it's it's Namor's <laughs> famous Rolex? <laughs> you're, you're going you're going through the Rolodex, not the Rolex <laughs> of people who aren't in the MCU. You're going Namor, no Stiltman, no. Is it you know who Mephisto could it possibly confirmed. be? Mephisto confirmed. It's a Mephisto confirmed. Rolex. It is. <laughs> mm. yeah. But I don't Rolex. 
Roll X. Oh my oh god. god. <laughs> X-Men confirmed. It's Wolverines. Yes. <laughs> He's a brightling man. Okay. This is huge. But this is this is interesting because come to think of it, okay, I'm and I'm thinking out loud here, so forgive me if this makes no sense. She's got the watch. Next to it she has <laughs> this list podcasts, of right? of Clint's family. What if the watch is engraved with their names? What if it was his watch? But I think he'd have said, like, because he said it's someone whose identity needs but, to remain secret. And but, it's like, he'd have just said, it's my watch. I need my watch. It's my yeah, watch. I want my watch. Right, Give me right. my watch. But Clint kind of talks like that, doesn't he? He talks mm. in riddles a little bit. And he's mm. he's not one for opening up, which is why the scene where he opened up to Kate was so rare and unusual. Yeah. So maybe? Um, but unless it, it was, in the, I don't know, it wouldn't make sense. But the thing is, it makes sense. Either. If Echo wants it, that it's connected to Ronin, because she's got a massive hard-on for Ronin. Ronin. So, you know, I can't think why else. That she seems to be very single track on that that yeah. particular grudge. So, what else would she be after? And unless who, it's something that she thinks could get her closer. Unless, to Ronin. unless you're right. Unless there's, there's something on that watch that, because there's nothing that ties Clint to Ronin. Apart, the only thing that would tie Clint to Ronin is if he went on camera and said. I'm Ronan. Mm. There's nothing. He's very careful I... about his tracks. Unless Helen's right, there's something on the watch. There's mm. a a code, a combination, a key pass, something well, no, like that, or a picture, or an inscription. If James is right about the the um, the list uh, not coming from the watch, that was my theory. Basically, that the list of names had come from the watch because Laura wasn't in town with him that we know of. So, you know, it wouldn't have just been surveillance, and they wouldn't have been surveilling him at that point because he wasn't tied to Ronan at that point. Okay, so if the, her list of names she's just come up with from AN other source somehow, despite the fact that every Google. everyone in the world has been unable to find his his family for years. Mm. It was a safe house precisely because no one knew he was him and that was his family. But she's been able to figure it out. Okay, fine. But if the watch is about protecting the identity of someone else, what if it belongs to Daredevil? It's a mm. Rolex. It's not unthinkable That's... that a... a, a a lawyer would have one. I, I know mean, he's not exactly I that kinda, kind of lawyer. I kind of feel like he was like, ah, oh, it's my friend, Daredevil, who I've never mentioned up until this <laughs> no, point. Like, yeah, that <laughs> would there's, feel there's a lot of time that we haven't spent with him. If my Daredevil wasn't that. snapped, they could make that work. They so, could. and there's going to cut. There's going to be a flashback montage during Infinity War. And it's just them in a bar, them going bowling, them going to the cinema. No, but like, establishing what good friends are. Might have needed could, a lawyer. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, I'm not saying that. But like, I feel like if you were going to investigate the criminal underworld of New York, if you were going to take them apart you know you might talk the to devil of hell's local. kitchen yeah mm. maybe but i still think we'll see it's a stretch i know i still think we'll see charlie cox in this show before the last episode is out i hope so yeah i think so yeah I, i'm not i'm not going down the the bookies and putting my life savings <laughs> four pounds fifty on it i'm not doing that whoa four pounds uh, i know <laughs> but that's what happens if you work for empire you accrue great wealth yeah, so I think we'll see. We'll we'll either see or or Daredevil will be alluded to in some way. And I definitely think we'll see Wilson Fisk. I think mm. we'll see Kingpin in mm. this. But uh, but I know I don't think. I, I, as much as I would love to science bro the hell out of them and and create you know and have fun coming up with their backstory. Exactly what did Clint and Matt do all that all, all those times? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think he would have been mentioned. I think it, I think it is. We're probably going around in circles on this one. It probably makes sense that it is Ronan. It ties him to Ronan somehow. It proves yeah. that he is Ronan. From that, you're right, Helen. You know, literally, when they they arrive in Age of Ultron, no one knows that he's even married, let alone. Mm. But I feel like if it was that, he would have said it to Kate when he basically admitted he was Ronin. Then at that point, it's like, well, there's no point keeping saying, "Oh, the watch is a special." Like, just say, "Oh, it's, it's Ronin's watch, and I wear it. It's my watch, and it says on the back, I am Ronin.' Signed, Clint. Like, that's that's what the watch has engraved. <laughs> he just says, "For all the nights." 
in Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> One man can do, another can do. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a deep cut reference. That is a deep cut. That is a deep cut reference. Uh, yeah, perhaps, perhaps we're gonna kill the motherfucking king. <laughs> Could I just say, could I just say, I am 100% here for Chekhov's coin. So, or rather Chekhov's Christmas mm-hmm. ornament shaped like a coin, which mm-hmm. will in no way, I'm sure, feature later on where she has to snap a coin to do something. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, point. I want to know how to do that. Yeah, <laughs> Don't practice in the office, please and thank you. Well, who carries cash anymore, Helen? You can't really do it with a contactless card. Well, thank God. You probably could. <laughs> yeah, you might be able to. You could. Those cards would be quite... <laughs> thank God. Yeah, like, like Glimmer Man. Yeah, you could flick them. <laughs> like the Glimmer Man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or wow. Gambit. Or yeah. Gambit. Yes, or that Gambit. would have been a better reference for an MCU podcast. <laughs> but sure, sure. No, like the Glimmer Man. Uh, but you, you asked her on about it, this feels like a setup, and it, I think it is a setup. I think there's a reason why Echo appears so quickly behind Kate that she's presumably laid enough breadcrumbs. Who knows? Maybe even Kazi told her that Clint had been to see him and therefore she knows that he's snooping around. Maybe. So they lay yeah. some breadcrumbs that will lead them to that apartment, possibly. But, but what brings them to the, that apartment is the tracker on the watch. Yeah. Unless so, they found the tracker. Yeah, maybe, I guess. And they knew the tracker was and there. And they knew that it but would draw them. Why leave the watch there? Why not just leave the tracker? So where is the watch at this point? Does she? Does Does Kate still have it or did Yelena take it from her? Because a lot, a lot went on in that fight, and you know, I don't think Yelena took it. Why would? Um, why would you want it exactly? Yeah. But and did like when Yelena arrived, were you all like it's Yelena, or were you like Daredevil? No, like, it was like it's Yelena because she fights clearly, yeah. Yelena. Yeah, clearly a although, woman as well. Although yeah. I did, I did, I did have a, a moment of going, God, she looks like Night Monkey. <laughs> Night Monkey. <laughs> yes, yeah. I thought Help it was Sam Fisher Monkey. from Splinter Cell. I've got to be honest with you. Like, I thought, this is a weird crossover. I thought it was a Glimmer Man. <laughs> <laughs> a Rolex Ninja. I had seen it already twen- trending on Twitter, unfortunately. So what I Night Monkey? No, no. Hashtag Night Monkey. Night Monkey Hashtag is back. Yelena. Um, I, we, it was going to happen at some point. We we've been talking about it. We knew that yeah. she was going to turn up, and I thought she was going to turn up, especially when you have that shot from behind where Birdie and Birdie, they, you know, they do that classic "someone's watching" mm. shot, which is mm. they pushed in ever so ever so uh, subtly on Clint and Kate. Um, but you have to figure, you know, there's lots of questions going on here in this scene mm. about Yelena and that fight between Yelena and Clint. Kate says to Clint, "Who was that?" And he goes, "You don't want to know," which indicates that he knows who it was. That he well, he knows, knows yeah, the Black knows, Widow assassin, yeah. but does he, he know it's exactly. Natasha's sister? I don't think he knows it. I think he knows it's a okay. widow because yeah. he can tell from the like electric charges and yeah. stuff. The widow stick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I got from that that he didn't know it was Yelena. Yeah. He didn't know it was related to Natasha. Interesting. That he just thought that's a Black Widow. Mm. That means something bad. I mean, we scout over the fact that. Yelena going after him makes absolutely no sense on any level, but sure. Yeah, because the only context we have for that is being told it by... What's the chops? Val. 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 Yeah. yeah, so we don't know any context the, behind This is the man who killed your sister. P.S. He was her best friend and everyone knows, and he's famous for being her best friend, but that's yeah, just... Yeah, you'd think that. she'd be aware <laughs> Maybe do that. some digging, yeah. But literally everyone knows they're best friends, but it's fine. But it's a job, so she's being... She's being paid presumably to do it so mm. you do a job to the best of your ability unless of course you work on the Empire podcast in which case you half-ass it <laughs> I mean I think I think it's 
less of a job in this case. I mean, yes, she has been pointed in his direction yes. and, and perhaps may even be being paid. Like a, but there's like a toy being wound up and let let go. Exactly, mm. like there's little chattering teeth. Mm. Um, she's walking across the the table towards him, chattering away. <laughs> but like, there is also an element of personal will there. If she's if she's also been told he killed your sister, there is an element mm. of of yeah desire. And mm. I think. This is one of these things again. You know, how much do people know about what went on? And I think in the in this case, nothing. People know that, you know, Black Widow sacrificed herself to save the world. I don't think they know any more than that. But if yeah. Val knows a little bit more and tells her a little bit more, you could very, very easily make it look bad for Clint. Well, it's not even that. I don't even think necessarily that as Val knows a little bit more. I think she's just prepared to lie. Mm. A little bit more. Mm. And she's maybe prepared to tell some True. mistruths in order to wind so. Yelena up a little bit more. Uh, I thought the fight was really interesting. Uh, the idea that Yelena gets the drop on Clint, not mm. too many people can do that. Mm. Uh, he holds his own against yeah. someone who's much younger and fitter than he is as well. So that's interesting. Is she trying to kill him at any point? Do you, do, do you see? I feel like if she wanted to kill him, he'd be dead. Yeah, I, got, I, I thought that I, as well. I think she wants to have a free and frank discussion with him and I think she wants to know more about um, Natasha's death I I got the sense and maybe this is overthinking it but I got the sense that she threw Kate off the roof deliberately as an echo of Natasha but that then does but come back to how much do people yeah, know Yeah she'd need more yeah. knowledge I think I thought yeah. that was nicely done Just the, although yeah. then he yeah. gets, cuts her and lets her fall anyway yeah. I didn't see that coming <laughs> I was yeah. like oh that is harsh um, <laughs> but I enjoyed the whole interplay between the, all, that whole sequence her wandering off when he's like "What? Where, where are you you know I love that line like, so she wanders off and it's like of the two of us who do you trust up there not to get distracted and he's like it's not fair that your ability to act like your inability to act like a grown up helps you get your own way which are words I basically live by but um, but I, I thought it was great I thought I really enjoyed that between them I like the whole thing how do you deal with the whole awkward bow thing because he's trying to get through doors holding this huge bow which is inherently funny <laughs> that he has a collapsible one it's just it's a lot of fun collapsible bow collapsible mm. sword I mean neither of these things seem like they would be effective no. and collapsible and, and, yeah. but he makes it work but you know and why would I ever want to use a boomerang arrow because they like, come right back at you like, <laughs> yeah. that felt improv to me I mean it probably wasn't but it was really naturalistic mm, yeah. that whole back and forth there was very yeah, organic was a really nice bit I just think that's her performance styles. Mm. And I think it's really, really mm. lovely. It's one of the reasons why they mesh yeah. together yeah. so well. Definitely. Like Renner has this very sort of low-key, deadpan, very naturalistic style of dialogue delivery. Mm. And she's obviously a little bit more hyper, a little bit more energetic, <laughs> but also she's, and she's been like this way ever since we first saw her in True yeah. Grit. She's, yeah. she's been able to, A, take control of scenes against people who are many years her senior um, and, you know, who are meant to be bigger names. She's got this incredible ability to dominate scenes. Yeah. But she also has mm -hmm. this, this wonderful way of delivering dialogue in a very very realistic manner that works really really nicely for the for the tone of this show mm. I think I love her in True Grit I want to watch I might watch True Grit again this evening I'm Maddie oh, Ross she's, she's so good in it yeah she's great I love her in Edge of Seventeen oh it's, yeah amazing amazing film Such I think we can film. all agree she's brilliant in everything yeah pretty much very true mm. uh, something that I did notice was um, someone's mug I think it was Jacques's mug had um, bumblebees on it <laughs> Not as good hey, as the other good. mug, obviously. No. But, uh, no, that was the only mug I noticed. Yeah, the only mug that matters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're not doing that again. Good to see the LARPers return, I'm going to say. Always good to see the LARPers. And again, in terms of gags, I love the, this is my bag. Did, did you not bring your own bag? Like, again, I just, loved that. Just fucking funny and just completely out of nowhere. It's genius. 
I also did feel like he should have a bag somewhere. He should have a bag. He should like, be how able to rustle up a bag. bag. Come well, on. Yeah. Where's his rucksack? He was wearing his rucksack at the time when he said. He yeah, he a had a bag. In fairness, it wasn't maybe big enough for the arrows that she was carrying because her bag was longer. But mm. like, they, they, they've got that apartment. Everybody has a million bags in their house nowadays, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Didn't, bags for life. The embroidered mm-hmm. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, he didn't refer to her as Elspeth of Deepdale, as is her chosen LARPA name. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You've got to respect people's yeah. names. I, I, I like the LARPers a bit more second time around. I was a bit lukewarm on them in, in the first episode. I think someone last week speculated that there's going to be an army of LARPers at the end of the, uh, God, at the, end of the show. So. I think that's probably where it's but, heading. It's certainly heading that way in terms of the costumes. <laughs> mm, yeah, I think I think you're right, though. I, I Again, and I think this was the issue I had with the first two episodes. There were loads of good things that didn't quite land as they should have done mm. and I think by this point they've hit their stride and all that stuff I wasn't sure on feels more assured and more sort of well thought and like it through. is tying together yeah. like they're not just yeah. putting things out there and not yeah. And never thinking about them again. There, there is a sense of things mm. beginning to interweave. Yeah, because that felt so random in the first couple. Like it was <laughs> it fun, really but it was random. But then it's like, oh, and they're going to be involved in the costume making because yeah. in the trailer we see them both in their purple costumes, right? And we haven't mm. seen that yet. So mm-hmm. obviously that's going to come back. So that felt good to give them yeah. more context. Yeah, I'm looking forward to his grousing about wearing a, a costume because <laughs> yeah. he's not going to be happy about that. And you know, she's going to she's going to browbeat him into submission over that branding. Yeah, you know, it's all about the branding. It's all about, it's all about, it's all about CB1, which, which, which is what the show is going to be called <laughs> by the end of it. Oh my and God. she's always wearing purple. She has a nice purple mm. yes. tracksuit, in fact, on yeah, today. she like, is big on purple. Yeah, so. Um, but I like that, that you know, the heart to heart when he's talking about, like, you know, helping people. She's talking about helping people. He's like, I hurt people. Like, my mm. job was to hurt people. I was a weapon. And obviously that's, you know, very much that Matt Fraction line of comics, isn't it? Like, that's what he was. I, yeah, I, li- I like that idea of him. Mm. That that weirdly warms me towards the most useless Avenger slightly more that he's actually, he's got a real sort of dark, dark side to him. I guess, don't know why that appeals to me. Before, but, you know. I'll say it again. They always lose <laughs> unless he's on the team. I mean, he's the Alan Tudyk of the Avengers is what you're saying. He's a mascot. They just have him there but, as like a comedy but they chicken. they lose when he's not there. So he clearly matters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. He's What's inst- your special power? I'm a rabbit's foot. <laughs> he's instrumental. <gasps> mm instrumental Mission Impossible 3 Mission Impossible crossover 3, confirmed crossover confirmed <laughs> also the MacGuffin in Mission Impossible 3 is one of the stars of Ghost Protocol what? yes they're trying to get Clint Barton that's why they're <laughs> committing all their crimes uh, what do we think of the uh, sequence where they're basically just getting pissed and having a great old Christmas time. I, was, I, I love that. I thought I love the fact yeah. that she she throws in the sweater and bless him instead of just raising an eyebrow and glaring at her. He puts on the sweater yeah. and he goes for it and she's like, it's movie night, isn't it? And you see that little like, like genuinely yeah. heartfelt, like he really appreciated it. Yeah, it is lovely. Also, I think, you know, coloured lights on a silver tree is a <laughs> classic look. I really approve of it for Christmas time. I don't, I don't approve of coloured lights on trees. Uh, all no, all no, light, tree but lights but on a be. silver tree, it looks it looked cool. I mean, you can't tell me it didn't look Cool. It looked cool in front of the poster that he she had defaced with permanent <laughs> marker, which I did enjoy. Yeah, there are things you can do to get rid of that, people. So don't. Yeah, white spirit is your friend. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, I do worry slightly about her aunt's apartment because at the moment she's going to come back and be like, "Okay, so my picture is defaced. All my food has mm. been eaten. There are dog prints everywhere, presumably. Someone's put up a Christmas tree, and I'm now getting back home in the middle of January. And what the hell do I do with this? And also, I'm in a New York apartment, so where am I supposed to store an extra Christmas tree? <laughs> many, many questions. Um, and also, her cool suit presumably is missing. Mm. Oh, Who's shit. been drinking out of my Thanos was right mug? <laughs> you know, I didn't see the right on that mug. It just says Thanos was. <laughs> what a bell end? Is your saying what the rest of it? Thanos was a bell end. <laughs> Thanos, 12 or whatever. Thanos was a bell end. Thanos was wrong. 
Thanos was not inevitable. All of these things are possibilities. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that. I feel like that would be quite a dark gag mug, considering he literally I mean, snapped to away Thanos, half the universe. Yeah. No, that Thanos was right. Like, yeah, it'd be dark. It's dark, but that's that's pretty dark on a universal level. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think that's true. That's <laughs> true. If anyone at Disney has any sense of marketing, and mm. I'm not so sure that there's any evidence for that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> given how little people know that word, they should get those Christmas jumpers out on sale. They should. Like, but stat. I genuinely do wonder sometimes about their marketing plans because obviously like, they have an amazing marketing machine and it's enormous and it sells all of the things all of the time. But they never seem to sell the right things. I'm sorry, we went to like this big gala, fancy Hawkeye premiere thing and they had this big fancy party and they had gift bags. I was saying nice to Sophie, right? Mm-hmm. And the gift bags were nice and there was like, popcorn in them and stuff yeah. what there wasn't was a Hawkeye Christmas bauble come on people yeah. do I have to think of everything yeah that does seem like an open goal Helen's doesn't it that was first thought when we I opened that just... gift bag and I said Helen that's a great idea where's the Hawkeye bauble where's yeah. the Hawkeye bauble and I ha- like I have not been around every Disney store but the ones I have mm-hmm. been in have not had no. Hawkeye Christmas bubbles. what are you thinking people also again you have general Christmas ornament issues and I've <laughs> spoken on those before but like uh, this is a slam dunk this is a specifically Christmas themed show with the target with the target with the with the arrows you could have a a little ornament where it's Hawkeye (laughs) you know falling backwards and firing upwards that could be a oh that's good I like that you know an ornament on your tree that would be cool Mm. or or just a classic sort of with the logo on a bauble or or that sort of coin shaped ornament with instructions of how to do the how to do the flicky thing snappy thing yeah Mm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I just I I realize that you're marketing all over the world and everything and making like billions and billions of dollars, but you are still not doing it right. Perhaps they were still too pleased with themselves for having done a Boris Johnson riff using the zip line. Uh, <laughs> presumably the cut where she's wearing a helmet and waving two Union Jacks is uh, on the cutting it's on the, floor. It's on the way. That was oh, a great moment. I would much rather Kate Bishop were in charge of this country. <laughs> but this, I'm not going to get political. I'm not going to get political, but this is, of course, a Christmas party that we know for a fact happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we talk about Kate's aunt for a second? Mm. Because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there are movie posters mm-hmm. up in the wall. Uh, obviously, Kate writes on one of them. I have it right here. Uh, you may have heard the Disney Plus logo for a second. If you did, apologies. That was me turning on my phone. I thought it in silent. Uh, I was trying to find this moment in the episode. So one's for a kind of science fiction, almost Forbidden Planet style sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. The other one's for a film called A Chance of Love, which looks like it's some sort of riff on Breakfast at Tiffany's, judging from the poster. Yeah. Uh, and they star Moira Brandon, who is her aunt. We talked about this in episode one, didn't we? Did we? Yeah. Because we talked about how she um, joined the West Coast Avengers. Did we? Yeah. Was that off mic? And you were like, uh, "Is that's a punishment or something. That's yes. the shittest yeah. Avengers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But do we think we'll see her? I feel like that's a lot of people to be... There's only two episodes left, right? Yeah, I mean, there might be a funny, like, she comes in just as something embarrassing yeah. or ridiculous is happening in the apartment. It's like, what the hell? There might be a moment like that. I don't see her being a major character that they introduce because while she exists in the comics and it's fun that she's, you know, specified here, mm-hmm. I, I don't see her necessarily being a big role. Yeah, also, you, you could start bringing in too many people quite quickly, I yeah. think, because we've got Yelena, and if we assume that we will at some point see maybe Kingpin and Daredevil, I think that's enough. Yeah. Mm. That's enough. That's enough. Uh, speaking of less enough, should we take some questions? Yes. 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 All right. So here is one which comes from at Sack Gross. 
old-fashioned Rolex watch from an old colleague who is now in hiding? Stephen Rogers confirmed? I mean, mm-hmm. talk about a man who never had a secret identity. <laughs> yeah, and also but, one who doesn't seem like he'd have a Rolex, but no. maybe it was a gift, I guess. But it is a secret where he is now, right? Like he's, he's on the moon. Back. I mean, he's on, yeah, the, he's moon, on the moon, obviously. <laughs> Yeah. But then the moon is falling, Helen, so perhaps oh, we'll no. be back soon. <laughs> Moonfall! <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't think so. But I don't think the, uh, I don't think the questioner was entirely serious. No, of course we're not. Stephen <laughs> Thomas at Stee9Hen. As the watch is a Rolex, it seems highly likely that it was Tony's. Oh, he's asked a lot of questions. He's asked a lot of questions. He's gone full foul shopaholic. All right, I'm going to take your first question, Stephen Thomas. Uh, warm, fuzzy Christmas moments between Kate and Clint, followed by an emotional conversation with the additional hit to the feels of having It's a Wonderful Life playing mm. in the background. Uh, I'm glad that Kate, it's not really a question, more of a comment. I'm glad that Kate <laughs> had already come to the conclusion that Clint was Ronan and was sympathetic without completely waving away the fact that he had done bad things. Yeah. Both actors did a great job throughout the episode. That's a great moment mm. uh, where he you know, sees George Bailey getting all co- warm and cosy with his family and it's like, oh, I miss that. They also chose a moment where he's hugging three children, two yes. boys and a girl. Yes. Which was um, very, very good timing. I, I mean, that's, you know, I, that's got to be an accident, right? They haven't gone back and given them those kids in Age of Ultron <laughs> with the hope of paying this off one day. No, no, I'm just saying that they, they chose a moment very well yeah. Um, yeah. To, to match up. I thought that was that was clever. Yeah, um, of course, George Bailey should go to jail for what he did. What? Oh my God. <laughs> He didn't do anything. Okay, mens rea. He didn't have any because he didn't do anything. Not only did he not have mens rea, he also didn't have the actus reus. Your words, Helen, not mine. Uncle Um, Billy. Uncle Billy should be going to jail. Uncle. It all comes back to uncle. It all comes back to uncle. Oh boy. Anyway. (laughs) Uncle Billy, Wilson. Wilson Fisk. Oh my God. You've cracked the case. Is Billy short for Wilson? I don't know. Why not? I I was going on William, Billy. Surely Billsy. It was was tenuous. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, listen. Welcome to the Emperor Podcast. Um, Tenuous is my middle name. (laughs) Tenuous, yes. The Empire Spoiler Tenuous Podcast. Um, I will say, right, if uh, Amon were here, I think he would be complaining that she didn't give Clint more grief for that revelation for being Ronin, that he has been sort of forgiven, at least by her, too easily. I don't think like, we. This even... is his Batman thing again, isn't it? That, yeah. Hey, look, everyone dealt with the blip in their own way, Helen. Clint says I, it. I'm with him. Like, I, if the worst thing that happens when dealing with that level of grief is you kill a load of, like, organized criminals, I'm saying that's fine. I mean, okay, the law says otherwise, but okay. <laughs> um, but I do, th- I do think this is not the end of his kind of reckoning with what Ronan mm. did. I think it's well, the beginning. With Echo, like, he's going to have to work yeah. it out with Echo, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. And then again, because of the Echo. <laughs> don't laugh at that it just encourages him <laughs> wow. hey look I've been spent I spent the last 20 minutes trying to see if I can work out a Clint on cards gag and I can't do it so I'm just giving up well thank the lord <laughs> <laughs> wowzers speaking of Amon he can't be here for this episode uh, he has sent in some uh, comments I'm going to read them now Go right. on. oh I should read them out loud um he is, yeah, he's saying basically what we've said, almost as if he's bugged the room. It's very, very strange. <laughs> On Kate finding out that Clint is Ronan, um, having Kate find out this way is smart. Having Kate not figure it out would have made her seem a bit clueless. Uh, uh-huh. Laura and Clint, he likes the fact that Laura is part of his extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. They may be the best power couple in the MCU. Laura is fluent in German. Interesting. Or as they say in German, <laughs> 
Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Um, sure. Wow. Nobody did German GCSE. I did. I, did. I just don't remember. Ich habe ein Kugelschreiber. What is interesting in German? In German, interesting is interessant. That's almost like French. Uh, Kingpin, there were a few more references to the big guy in this episode. Mm-hmm. And Yelena, Clint doesn't seem to know Yelena is Natasha's sister. Mm-hmm. But the main thing from Captain Soundtrack is that he pointed out that there are a couple of uh, cues from previous MCU movies that are uh, that are played mainly during the uh well, during this episode. But um, when Clint's talking about recru- recruiting Natasha, we get the not good cue from Avengers Endgame, which plays when Nat sacrifices herself. We hear that again when Kate is thrown from the balcony and Clint thinks he's lost her. And then, as you pointed out, then just cuts her loose anyway. But he <laughs> sees that the Christmas tree lights will break her fall. So he's not being entirely heartless yeah, at that yeah. point. Uh, and we get Lorne Balve's Yelena Belova cue when Yelena is unmasked. Yelena doesn't speak. She no. does not speak. In this episode, no. that I would mean speak. pain... That would be in pain. Yeah, that'd be the ability to speak to something like intelligent. Uh, presumably, Thorne's pew is on a per word contract. So. <laughs> yeah. It's a purely silent performance. Yeah. It's like uh, if you're a footballer, you score a goal, you get a goal bonus. If she speaks, that's it. You got to pay her a million pounds. I must say, I, I, it's not so much the trope, but I, I find it deeply frustrating when that happens in TV shows and films, whatever it's where. There's a comedy misunderstanding between characters. They finished fighting. They're all standing there. And cue the conversation where you work this out. No, she jumps off the roof. Cool, because of course she does. Yeah, where did that go, mm. go, by the way? Where did that go, go by the way? She, she made a run for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, she, she, she realized she was outmatched and she mm. took an arrow in the shoulder. and She did? That was pretty hardcore yeah. from Kate. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a boomerang arrow, but it did work. No, absolutely. Uh, I feel cat- like there wasn't quite enough echo, I feel. Sorry, I'll no. fix it in post. It tickled me. You like that one. I'm hoping there's more of her in the, in the last two episodes, and it's not all about Yelena. Yeah, maybe you have to like take a step back, because the last thing we saw, or one of the last things, was... Um, her henchman arguing she's, you know, she's out of control, she's gone too far, mm. she is has lost sight of herself kind mm. of thing. So maybe you need to give her a little bit of time and also a little bit of a fight to sort of begin to think about that maybe and, and then you can actually go and have another conversation. Mm. You know, maybe if they'd had another confrontation, you you still just would have repeated the same cycle and yeah. by giving them a bit of a break this episode, it kind of makes that feel more natural. It, I am a little bit worried that it feels a bit like Falcon and the Winter Soldier in that there's Whoa. like a lot, but it feels like there's just a lot of different threads. Like, and maybe they're coming together more than more than I'm seeing. But there's the mafia, and then yeah. there's her parents and yeah. her dad, and then there's Yelena. Yeah, and it, there's only two episodes left, and I just feel like it's all going to be but, connected. Yeah, yeah, I think I think a lot of it is already like we know that. Yeah, uh, Echo and the the. Tracksuit and the bunny men, tracksuit men. <laughs> People are strange. Are being are being are connected somehow to Sloan Limited, which appears to yeah. be connected to Jack, but may well be connected mm. to her mother. Mm-hmm. May also be connected to the Kingpin, who mm. we know is connected to Echo. So, like a lot of these things have some kind of connection. We just don't understand the full extent of it yet. Yeah, yeah. My my bigger concern with two episodes left is if if big if like Daredevil and, and Kingpin are going to be in this. Like it's crowded as fuck. I don't yeah. think they're going to be major presences at but, all because. Like the Yelena thing is huge. Just to unpack that in two episodes is a lot. And then you've got the Echo thing to unpack as well. You've got the Jack thing to like there's a lot of plates currently in the air. But Mm. I think if we if we see 
either or certainly if we see both of them, we're talking almost post-credit stings. Mm. I feel like yeah. they are setting up the world mm. for Kingpin in this show. I do not think Kingpin is the big bad of this show. No. Mm-hmm. So, like like I said last week, I think they're yeah. setting him up to introduce him. Yeah. I don't think he's the guy behind the curtain. And then it raises the question, of course, of who is the big bad. And at the moment, the smart money would be on Fiora Farmiga as Eleanor. And I still think, I'd probably be wrong, but as I said earlier on, I think mm-hmm. Brian Darcy James will reappear as her husband. And they've been running some sort of scam for the last 12 years. How long would it be since 2012? Near enough, yeah. Nine years? 11 years? Hang on, I can't count. <laughs> no, 11 it's tw- it's years. It's 2023, right? Yeah, yeah so 11 years. Yeah. 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 So they've been running some sort of weird, elaborate con for the last 11 years. And maybe, well, I don't think this would be the case, but I was wondering if Jack was maybe the latest lo- latest in a long line of, of suitors that maybe Eleanor's been setting up. But then we would have heard that, wouldn't we? Yeah, and I feel like Kate, given Kate's uncomfort with Jack... Mm. Yeah, that's not someone who's had a stream of you know stepdads come and go. Mm. No, mm. but then she's yeah. not really in around, has she? I get the impression she went no, off at boarding schools true. and whatnot. So, mm. yeah, but so. she and her mum do seem close. Despite do they? That. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I certainly get that. Like, I like, I dig the kind of like you're not my real dad vibe when she's sitting on the sofa, mm. like the kind of like oh, it's a family time, and just in her head, you are not my fucking family. Mm. Um, I get that, but her and her mother seem to have a slightly distant mm. no, but relationship. Like, I, I, I mean, look, physically distant, yes, and and that sort of element of, you know, asserting your independence as a young adult, because uh, she is, you know, 21-ish at this yeah. point. But, you know, she's going home for Christmas. Her mother at- welcomes her open arms and mm. only after that starts shouting at her about destroying a $100,000 clock tower. We've all done it. You know, so I think, and I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of kind of casual affection. There's a lot of very affectionate things that her mother says about her and to her. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're distant in the sense that mm. you mean. Mm. That's that's going to be my problem, I think, if she does get out of this, the big bad, because mm. I think we need maybe once in these one of these shows to have a, a bad guy who's unashamedly just bad uh, and out for, you know, it's going to be obviously there's going to be a lot of complexity and complications uh, should should Kate find out her parents have been lying to her for so many years or her mum's up to her eyeballs and all sorts of criminality. But at the same time, how is that going to be easy for them to take take her down? Yeah, that won't be. I mean, yeah. that will be devastating. Because apart from anything else, like her mother in this in this scenario faked her dad's death and saw her go through the grief of losing her father. That's a kind of unimaginable for a parent to do. Mm. I I wonder whether she's in on it. Like if he's still alive, I don't believe she knows. I think. But that's then who, she who was, was she on the phone to? I mean, Amona suggested Mephisto. Foul. But I would hope that Val steers very clearly. Yeah, no, I don't want Val in this. Um, I I don't know. It's all I just I just think the level of trauma to put that girl through. I I can't. I just can't see that but working. Clearly, they're onto something with their little digging around and their mm. the discovery of of Sloan Limited and Jack yeah. as the CEO. I don't think he knows he's the CEO of that company. If I'm completely honest with you, because the man is stony broke. He is absolutely stony broke. So. Well, you know, comparatively speaking, mm. <laughs> he's he's still rich enough to bid a couple hundred thousand dollars on the uh, on the sword, but he doesn't. He crucially can't go through with it because he doesn't have enough money to really get mm. the purchase over the line. So I don't think he's involved with that at all. If you look at her conversation with Clint, you could look at it two ways. Mm. One is a concerned mother mm-hmm. going, making sure that my daughter is going to be okay. The other way of looking at that conversation he has with Clint is back the fuck off. Yeah. Because, I think it's both. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I don't think he, I don't think Clint is picking up on the back the fuck off. You're getting too close to the truth um, subtext of that conversation. But I think it's there. 
Yeah, her face noticeably kind of changes mm. when he says, I won't I won't back off the case. Yeah. But I can keep your daughter safe. And yes. that's not what she wants to hear at all. And yeah. then Yelena comes into the fray. Mm. Now that means that she could have called foul and she could be unleashing Yelena upon him. Or it might have just taken Yelena this long to find him because Clint, mm. Clint is not an easy man to find. Mm. And he certainly I mean, he was at the premiere of the musical kind of like based on his life like he's not super under the radar like with his family I'm not sure it was the premiere well either way like you know he wasn't incognito like he's incredibly recognisable he's walking around New York doing Christmas shopping with his family like I'm saying in the grand scheme of, mm-hmm. of leading double lives he's not great at it he's not in costume he's not walking around no, but, but like his his face is yeah. his passport so yes please uh, <laughs> verify me his face is his warrant yeah. Um, but uh, yeah and like everyone recognises him it's an Avenger it's an Avenger it's Hawkeye like this is a thing yeah they do seem to go to an effort to make mm. that clear that mm. he's very recognisable uh, I really liked by the way whilst we're talking about this I liked uh, Kate's exchange with the old man in the elevator yeah. she's, she's like oh I wasn't talking to you no. and then she just can't help herself yeah. she's like, oh, <laughs> Avenger. I was talking to Avenger it's, it's the coolest thing oh she's amazing she is, but, but again Props to her, and I know we've said this a lot, but it's not easy to pull that stuff off and make it kind of adorable in the way that she does, to make it really cute and yet believable. Like, it could have come across as quite forced, but she mm. yeah, she does it very well. Yeah, yeah the fangirly stuff could feel mm. annoying, but it doesn't. It doesn't mm. with... Absolutely. She's got she's got comic timing from the gods. Uh, Ad Cantona's ghost. Do you think that Eleanor has had enough development in the series? And do you feel that she will have more to do in the remaining shows before being unveiled as a vampire <laughs> and a bride of Mephisto? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like this episode gave her a bit more. Um, that scene with them and the aphorisms and whatnot gave her a little bit more to do than she has mm. had. But then it, it also raised more questions, so quite tricky isn't it really I enjoyed the mirror of the first episode where obviously they're talking about her and she's upstairs listening and this one she says she's been obsessed with Clint, with Hawkeye for years and they're literally sitting opposite yeah. her yeah. She's yeah. Like, I'm right here <laughs> I also did enjoy that uh, Jack's equivalent of as a personal hero was Huey Lewis <laughs> yeah very charismatic man we, yes. we met him recently so. yeah yeah how was he yeah, delightful you, yeah. yeah you didn't lose your shit unlike Jack no I, I kept it together just about yeah I love that. I love that Jack's hero is Huey Lewis. Again, is that something he's putting on? Who knows? Here's a really... Who would lie about that? Who would, honestly. Here's an interesting question from Declan Williams at DeclanWilly94 on Twitter. Are none of you distracted by Kate's terrible contact lenses? It's really taken me out of the show. She has terrible contact lenses? What? No. I have noticed that on the posters, I feel like, didn't I mention this to yeah, you in the screening? Yeah. And I noticed in the advert, Kate's got blue eyes, bright blue eyes um, in the posters and stuff. But Hayley Steinfeld has got like brownie hazel eyes, which she does in the show. But I don't know why the, the blue eyes what? on the adverts and stuff. So she's not wearing blue contact lenses in the show, is she? Like, no, I, no. Because it's years I haven't seen them. I remember thinking, oh no, she, she doesn't have blue eyes because I didn't think she did. I'm looking so, at it. I'm looking at the close-up. Her eyes look her like right Fremen now. eyes, right? In the <laughs> The, the eyes of Ibard. They do. <laughs> you've, you've opened the door That's to That's it. She's been having this? spice croissants for breakfast, and this is what's happened. Maybe, this one's delicious. Mm, I should have gone to Specsavers. I'm not I'm looking at a, a close-up of her right now, and I don't see In the show. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've just randomly Googled any so, Um no, how, it's I I don't see anything weird about her eyes. No, she's got in the, eyes. In the show, I think that that's her eyes. 
I'm, okay, we're going to have to, you're going to have to come back and give us more information. What do you think is wrong with her contact lenses? Yeah. If it is she's wearing contact lenses, because I'm not is seeing Is he implying this. that her contact lenses are terrible because she's bumping into things? Like, what's the, I'm <laughs> I mean, confused. If, if you're talking about the poster, then yes, it is distracting. In Look, the, in in the, the show, poster. it's not. Yeah, okay, that's ridiculous. Let me see the poster. Like she's got, they've, they've blued up her eyes in the poster. What the hell? Is... That's not even her eyes. That's, so what, weird, what, right? what's going on? Oh, that's really taking me out of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they've done that. But I don't see them in the show. No, so I'm not sure what that's about, really. All right. Okay. Foul Shopaholic's in town. Right. Foul Shopaholic is in town. She has recovered from the blackout that uh, plunged all of Australia into darkness last week. Uh, or just her street, one of the two. And uh, she has hit us with a bunch of questions. As ever... Uh, is it possible Laura was some kind of former agent like Natasha? Yep. Clearly she knows a lot about his contacts. Who is this contact that she spoke to who works for Jack? I I don't think it was, I don't think her contact necessarily worked for Jack. I thought that was just the kind of code she was using. I thought the first time I was like, oh, who is this other person? But when I listened to it again, she seemed to be saying, she seemed to be using a a primitive code in front of the kids. Oh, your friend is learning Russian and going jogging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she knows, oh, he knows that she means the tracksuit mafia. Mm. So I don't, I don't think it's necessarily that she has a person on the inside. I think she just found out the information and tried to um, communicate it that way. Okay. When Laura said to the kids, a dad is stuck at work a little longer, who do they think he works for now that he's supposedly retired from the Avengers? Uh, This brings us back to how do Avengers earn a crust outside the Avengers? He's got a transferable skill set, but it's mainly killing people from distance. I think he's on a lifetime pension um, mm. from S.H.I.E.L.D. Or, or equivalent. I don't think he has to worry about that. But I think they know that he does spy stuff. I think we can all yeah. agree that he trades in stolen watches, seems to be how he's making money. Just eBaying <laughs> Rolexes left, right and centre. Mm-hmm. That's, how he's, that's wow. how he's making ends meet. Yeah. He's got a pretty good uh, patron going on for his podcast mm. as well. <laughs> Yeah, OnlyFans. Who, yes. is, who is this? <laughs> Boomerang arrows a go-go. CB69. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, hello. I would say he's the Avenger least likely to have a podcast, now that Natasha is dead. Who is the Avenger most likely to have a podcast? Well, it would have been Tony before he, you know, yeah. died. <laughs> <laughs> now it would be more problematic. Yeah, it would oh, be wrong know. now. Yeah, um, mm. Who do we think? He was chatty. A, a, a chatty Cathy. A chatty Morbius. Peter? Thor. Peter Morbius. I think Ant-Man would be good on a podcast. Yeah. Ant-Man could have a Thor would be an excellent. Thor and <laughs> Korg would be a brilliant <laughs> podcast hosting duo. He'd be podcaster. Mm. I don't, like, you'd have to explain to him what it was, but I think he'd be an incredible podcaster. He would put us all out of work and we'd be happy about it. Yes. I don't think we would. No, we wouldn't. No, no we'd, like, we'd be you're, you're too close to the meek. Hey. <laughs> uh, last question from Foul Shopaholic. Is it just me or does anyone else tear up whenever Natasha's name is mentioned or inferred? It's just you. I, no, I think it's not any time she's mentioned, but I think this episode and Clint talking mm. about her specifically was really emotional. But the flashbacks, like the, the endgame flashbacks were, I think those landed well. And when he talks about the shot he didn't take and she pushes him and he just kind of like, pushes back hard you're yeah. like you're like, oh like, this is really raw yeah. like you feel that it's yeah. well played yeah yeah, mm. yeah. and the nice use of flashbacks Jason Blackshaw Jason94 underscore MUFC which indicates he's a Manchester United fan but hey nobody's perfect I was looking forward to Yelena popping up but am I the only one who thought the choreography on the roof wasn't very good I feel like having all four of them up there just didn't work. Would have preferred just a one-on-one between Clint and Yelena personally. Hey, you want that? you got to pay extra on Clint's OnlyFans. Oh, no. um, <laughs> so 
Uh, allegedly, I've, I've, I've read. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. And also I felt it was a little more obviously green screeny than the show has been in previous episodes. I, I could feel it. It was shot in a soundstage with a, a green screen wraparound and uh, the backdrop wasn't always successfully composited for my liking. But, you know, hey-ho. And I felt, uh, you know, it's one of those things when you, you know, felt it was maybe a little tricky to track the fight entirely, who mm. was punching mm, who yeah, and for definitely. what reason. Yeah. And then you have just one of those classic things that happens in fight sequences where something will happen and that person or that dramatic exchange has to take place and that person is given enough time to to make that exchange despite yeah. the fact that someone is trying to kill them. So whenever Kate goes off the roof, you're saying that, that might be a test of how does this guy react when someone that he clearly likes goes off a roof. <laughs> does he does he leave her to die like presumably he left my sister to die or will he try and save her life? But he has a good few seconds where he runs after Kate mm-hmm. and then has a few seconds where he has a quick chat with her and in that time Yelena could easily have just shot him in the head or, <laughs> yeah. or stabbed him in the back or or chopped his balls off. One, one, one of the three. Those are all, the only all, three all options. Three. Or all three, yeah, mm. yeah. The real ball chopper. Or she could have got a tip nipper out, and, and, and that would have been it. Not a cockbiter. No, not a cockbiter. Nipped up on the tip. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't feel it was the the show's finest action point. Compared to the action last week, it was like very f- yes. forgettable. There were no giant arrows falling on mm. people, which is no, I think a loss. No, but even like the way it was shot and just like the interesting stuff that they were doing last week. Um, yeah, it felt quite forgettable. You couldn't track it very well. I did like that sometimes Echo and Yelena were fighting. So yeah. it was like everyone's mm. kind of fighting each other. But it wasn't it wasn't a standout action action sequence. No, I, it wasn't at all. It was it also it's it's very difficult when you're on a dark rooftop, everyone's wearing black and it's just like there's vague movement going on, but I can't make out who's hitting Yeah, them. yeah. Omni Shambles <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> asks with the discussion last week on the show, on our show. Uh, on the focus that this series has put on someone having bought Stark Tower, could it have been Fal as a base for the Dark Avengers or the Thunderbolts team that she seems to be building? I, I think last week's discussion actually said that there wasn't a focus on Stark Tower being bought. It was just a throwaway line. Yeah, I didn't think it that was That was there to, you know, to explain why Clint yeah. just yeah. can't call up and get back up from his buddies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think the show has come back to that or even mentioned it since, no. so... Uh, I mean, it could be that somebody's bought it just for kicks, but I, d- I don't mm. think we're meant to think that from anything we've seen here. Mm. I feel like he should be playing a better card than he is. Like when he's when he's in the back with Frafe and he's like going, you know, you should really warn her off like this is your only warning. At some point, just say, look, I am friends with a Thunder God and a Hulk. Honestly, <laughs> when I tell you to fuck off, listen. Um, I yeah. feel he's yeah, burying that, the lead. That scene felt weirdly redundant to me. Like, it was like a well done scene, but... I'm here to tell you to tell her to stop. Yes. Like, did he really think that that was going <laughs> to do anything? I'm here to tell you to tell her, but I enjoyed the can I have my gun back line. Yeah, I thought that was fun. and how he'd got um, all the weapons. Like, it was it was nicely done, but it just it felt a bit strange. Like, that can't be part of the plan. <laughs> just tell her to stop. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a, it's, it was a bold gambit. I'll, I'll yeah. give it that. Yeah, well, I think maybe point. it's maybe it's there to kind of emphasize that he tries diplomacy first. You yeah, know, he yeah. is a different person to, to before when he murdered them all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, this one comes from Siobhan Siobhan Fadden I guess on Twitter uh, with the latest Hawkeye episode and Clint not knowing Yelena can we assume the post-Civil War Natasha did not explain to the other Avengers or Clint 
what had happened with the Black Widow program. Did they not talk at all in the last few years until she found him as Ronan in Endgame? Here's a possibility. They did talk about it, but she didn't show him pictures. Mm-hmm. Yelena literally doesn't say anything. Because that's a good point, because he wouldn't know her by sight, no. would he? Like, Not necessarily. I mean, it's possible that he would, but he yeah, clearly but, doesn't. You no, know, he clearly doesn't. So, he recognises what she is, yeah. but not who she is. So he may well have had that discussion with Natasha at some point, but he doesn't know where to start looking for those people. All right. Possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. good point. Uh, three last questions. One from Jack Smith, whose name on Twitter is SmithyJL. What are your thoughts on the opening credits on Hawkeye saying a Kevin Feige production? Uh, will all MCU projects say this going forward or will it be a reason only Hawkeye has done this? This just feels like a bit of a sea change. We discussed on the Eternals spoiler special how both Eternals and Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings have directorial credits uh, on their on their opening on their closing credits, which is which is new. So it's a film by Destin Daniel Cretlin, a film by Chloe Zhao. That's never happened before. Um, and here as well, now it could be who knows? It could be all sorts of discussions going on at high levels uh, in Disney about credit and whatnot. Mm. Maybe this is a result of that, uh, or it might just be it might just be some sort of sweeping sea change in place to give people credit where credit's due. Empire used to give people better job titles instead of a raise. I'm just mentioning that. It's probably not connected. As the executive editor, <laughs> Helen, I can tell you that as absolutely no longer the case. Don't we have a, a Kevin Feige production at the beginning of this podcast, in fact? So. Uh, we, we might as well. <laughs> we might as well. Uh, yeah, I just think, uh, who knows? Who knows? I, mean, it, but it, I think it's interesting. It is warranted. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, because if you look at the, uh, the previous MCU Disney Plus shows, he's basically just been listed as executive producer and... Mm. You know, he's the big cheese. So maybe this is just going, hey, big cheese over here, everybody. This is a Kevin Feige production. And also those words just make me feel comforted. You know? <laughs> just if, warm inside. Yeah. If, you know, if there was a, an apocalypse, I would feel better if it was a Kevin Feige apocalypse. <laughs> would you though? I, I think I would. I mm. think I would. But realistically, <laughs> Kevin Feige's apocalypse will not come until the X-Men are introduced. So No, you know. this, oh is true. God. God. <laughs> this is true. Um <laughs> And Sabanur. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Oh, no. I knew it was coming. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, couple of last questions. Uh, and then we can go out and have a Christmassy dinner. Uh, this one is from, I can't read this person's name. Their Twitter handle is amazingly Fat Gay Friend, at Fat Gay Friend. Um, and they asked <laughs> the question. That's a great name. Um, Does it work better because the entire multiverse slash universe slash Earth isn't in danger? Yes. Yes. My mm. God, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You need to be able to vary the stakes and yeah. the stakes of I need to get home in time for Christmas with my family. Solid, solid. Mm. You know what else varies the stakes? Blade. Well, yes, naturally. Laser. <laughs> Blazer. Blazer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. I agree entirely. The fact that it, it feels so low-key and grounded and localized and mm. nothing's going to, you know, we don't have giant... Um, celestial babies crawling out of the earth <laughs> as much as I love that film you know um, even Loki felt like everything was a stake in Loki and mm. here it's absolutely not that they are not 
burdened with glorious purpose. <laughs> no, they are not. Have the Eternals been added to the credits yet? I mean, I know that um, Shang-Chi is there, but I haven't seen the Eternals yet. Oh, that's a good point. I should, uh, I should look at that. Um, I didn't spot them, but I, I, no, I only watched I didn't once on the big screen. My wife hasn't seen any episodes of Hawkeye yet, and I'm wondering whether we should just wait until it's all done and then just binge them mm. or, or or try and find time to watch them. But we're also behind a MasterChef, so what are you going to do? <gasps> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Last question comes from at Royalston Design. And they ask, I was wondering where you would rank Kate and Clint in the MCU's best duos. Highly, actually. Mm. Highly. I love their dynamic an mm. awful, awful lot. It is a low-key, as we've discussed, dynamic. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, I actually do think Thor and Loki is my mm-hmm. favourite double act in the MCU. Oh. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I love these guys. I think they have a brilliant chemistry. I think they're very complimentary. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, like, there's so many, like, Combos of people that have a couple of great scenes together, well, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier had the had the you know not in Falcon and Winter Soldier, but yeah. those two characters had yeah. the beginnings of that brilliant relationship. Yeah. It was just never capitalised on. So no, mm. not quite. As well and if they'd as had as if they had a lightness of touch with that, the same kind of lightness of touch that that these guys have, then that yeah. would have been a much better series. Oh, 100 percent, no mm. question. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I I really like um, Tony and. Rhodey, I think they're great together. Tony and Peter as well. Tony and Peter are mm. lovely together. Uh, Peter and Ned. Yeah, Peter, Peter and, Ned and MJ. Great. Peter and MJ. Just Peter. <laughs> Just Peter. Yeah, it's Peter, Peter and Flash. Peter and everyone. Peter's the best double act um, in the yes, MCU. <laughs> yes. True. Yeah. Uh, Scott and Louise. Mm. Mm. I love yes, those guys. Also good. Yeah, also Ant-Man good. Ant Man and the Wasp. Easy, Sophie. Easy. You can't say those words in here. Strange and Wong. I really enjoy those yes. together as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like this game. This is just <laughs> it's just pairing Maybe. people up. This is a fun game, but I think the the Kate and Clint dynamic mm. is unlike anything we've seen so far in the MCU because of that the the fanboy um, and jaded jaded Avenger dynamic. You also have the mentor mentee dynamic, but it's also it's basically like an uncle and niece yeah. at this point. Yeah, it's like um, almost parental. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, like Thanos and Ebony Moore. <laughs> no. <laughs> This day extracts a heavy toll. <laughs> of Poor James old. talking about yes. <laughs> Poor old Ebony Moore. He didn't deserve what happened to him. I mean, he kind of did. He kind of did. He, he did, did. absolutely. Carl Obsidian, on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> well done for knowing that off the top of your head. That's Can you name the other two? Uh, Proxima Midnight and it, the Goblin the one. one. The Goblin <laughs> One. Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. I believe it's Black Dwarf. No, it's Red Dwarf, Chris. It's not <laughs> <with> the MCU. <laughs> and on that smegging note, I think that is it. That is it for this week's Hawkeye Spoiler Special. How long have we done this day? Uh, went, I went full Thor. How long have we done this day? <laughs> One twenty-one. That's all right. That's oh. decent. That's a decent chunk of change. And like twice the length of the yeah. episode. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. <laughs> what would happen if there was actual incident in this, <laughs> in this episode? How long would we talk for? Uh, two more episodes to go. Woo-woo. Two more episodes to go. It's going to be a lot of fun seeing how this this uh, show sticks the landing, or will it not hit the bullseye? Mm-hmm. Uh oh, bullseye! In, in, in oh no, another one. <laughs> he did oh remind God. me that that yeah. moment where he was flicking the flicking the, the coin. That yeah. was very Full bullseye. Yeah, of course. If you want to see Clint flick the coin, and you have to pay oh, extra for oh, that. On, his only fans. <laughs> <on> only fans. <laughs> Sign up now, CV69. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh God. No. All the trick oh, arrows oh, all the God. time. Baubles all over the shop. <laughs> oh, my word. That's not snow. 
Come on, Helen. No. There's a comment in there. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> every time. Every time we bring this home. I don't know why. What do you, why do you do this? Why do you bring this, this podcast into the gutter? Why do yeah. you drag it into the gutter with your filthy mind? <laughs> Let the record show Chris is yelling at me right now. <laughs> I'm not a mirror. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's it. Two more weeks to go. It's exciting. <laughs> All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, okay. Until we meet again, it is goodbye for my three. What have we discussed? Tracksuit Mafia? Pizza Dogs? Where the fuck are you? <laughs> sure. I mean, Trick Arrows. Three, yeah. My, yeah, my three Trick Arrows. That's good. <laughs> I like that. For my three Trick Arrows of such lethal cunning, our very own Rolex Ninja, Sophie Butcher. Goodbye. James Dyer. I'm like a boomerang arrow. No matter how much you wish otherwise, I always win. <laughs> Dread it. Run from it. Dread me. Run from James me. I arrive on the same. podcast all the same. Uh, perfectly imbalanced as all things should be. <laughs> Helen O'Hara. Toodaloo. Yeah, and it's goodbye for me. I am off to, well, not just subscribe, but set up CB69 <laughs> because there is genuine money to be made in that. Listen, if Jeremy Renner can have an app, he can have a porn app. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. The squirt locker. <laughs> <laughs> you just oh God, no! I saw, no, I saw it develop no, in his no. eyes. If anything, he said the words. Chris, if anything, it would be the porn legacy, and we all know it. So, <laughs> oh, nobody saw that. Come on, you wanted the thing to make money. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you the next time. Bye bye. <laughs>